a really great chat with Shannon Parola. Now, she's a relatively new mum. She's a sleep consultant. Uh, she's been a career nanny for 15 years and she's a childcare coach. She's based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And interestingly, through this whole lockdown, she's found a new role where she's been supporting and helping parents navigate childcare issues during the pandemic. We had a really great conversation about nannying itself and then also the transition from being a professional nanny and support to mums to becoming a mother herself. It was a lovely conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Marie. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great. I'm really great. Thank you. And I'm really excited to be talking to you. So um, let's just kick off and tell me about your life. Tell me where you live. Tell me what you do. Tell me about your interests. Just give us a really good picture about you. Well, my name is Shannon Parola and I have been a career nanny, um, newborn care specialist and sleep consultant for the past 15 years in the San Francisco Bay Area. I live here with my husband and our daughter, Marvel, who's 18 months old. We are giant nerds and Funko obsessed. We collect Funko, the little pop figurines. My husband is known as the pop and hopper cosplayer for Funko. And uh, we live here. And because of the pandemic last year, I opened up my childcare coaching business. And I've been opening those services to the public, something that I've been kind of offering for parents for years. And I've been helping parents kind of figure out childcare during the pandemic. That's brilliant. So I've already got a bundle of questions. (laughs) So first of all, I have to admit, I don't know what a Funko is. These are little (laughs) figurines. They're basically plastic toys in boxes, but Funko has made them in different um, fandoms. Basically, we've got Marvel, we've got DC, we've got Harry Potter, we've got Star Wars. We have 1300 of them in our house. (laughs) This, you know, just in one room, we have our Marvel office. My daughter's room is Harry Potter, but we are huge collectors. We've been collecting since 2013. Wow. Wow. Brilliant. Now, I also want to know about your nerddom, your nerdism. <laughs> and I have checked out your website and, and we'll make sure people have a link to your website. But but tell me about that. <laughs> the Game of Nerds started from my hospital bed. I got really, really sick. Uh, we didn't know that I had celiac disease at the time. Um, and I was basically in ICU for 30 days, ingesting every movie, book, game, anything I could get my hands on. My friends would come to visit and my mom, they would get kicked out because we'd be arguing over like, no, this superhero is better than that. No, you're wrong about Doctor Who. Mom said, go make friends online quietly. I did. Um, Didn't expect to make that many friends online. Um, Here we are almost eight years later and... (laughs) We are a huge nerd website that gives writers and fans the ability to to talk about their favorite things in the nerd world. And we also have a podcast that I host and I get to chat with interesting people about the things they love and, you know, like voice actors and anime and furries. It's it's always a great adventure to sit down and talk to these guests. Well, I must admit that I was checking out your website and I got caught up in it all. And I wouldn't call myself a nerd or or into the Marvel stuff. And your daughter's called Marvel. Yes, she is. The joke, <laughs> it, the joke is, is uh, it's a Marvel. We made it to the hospital. She was supposed to be a planned C-section. And I went in for the doctor. They said, we'll see you next week. Uh, I went to bed that night. No problems. Woke up at 2 a.m. My water broke. I had her by four. We barely made it to the hospital. They were like, no, it'll, you're, you'll be here a while. I'm like, no, I think she's coming. And sure enough, they laid me on the thing and 
here we are. She, you know, my husband looked at me and he goes, what's her name? And we had two names picked out. Marvel was one of them. And I just look at him and he goes, you had this look of like, are you kidding me on your face? And I was like, her name is Marvel. There is no other name for this child. She is Marvel. So she is Marvel. And it means a wonder. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, it's Marvel Comics. Yeah, we're into Marvel Comics. But to us, she's a wonder. I wasn't supposed to have kids. And so to have her, she's my wonder. Oh, that's a really lovely story because I actually, having been on your website, I assumed she was named after the, the the whole comic industry, you know, Marvel. So, oh, that's a lovely story. I'm really, yeah, I'm really thrilled to hear that. So, so tell me about your your career as a nanny, and um, and I'm really interested because we had some communication before this, and and you know you sort of intimated to me that as a nanny, you're, you're acting as, as the parent, you know, you, you, and I just, I was really interested in that and how, how you were able to keep the distance of professional nanny and mum, you know, to those children, to not your own children. Well, in 15 years, I've worked a lot of different families in different situations. I've done full-time, I've done part-time, I've done date nights, um, I've worked extensively with special needs families. Um, I think that's the kind of part of the job I enjoy is that it's, you know, it's always different. Every family needs something different. And ultimately, I'm not a replacement parent. I'm just a part of the team. Um, I'm here to support you. I'm here to make your life easier um, and take things off your plate because we as moms usually get everything shoved onto our plate. And Unfortunately, sometimes we don't have a person to delegate all those tasks out to, and a lot of things start dropping off our plate. And so by having a nanny, which is, once again, a very high-end childcare option, um, that parent is able to delegate some of those options or some of those tasks off to the nanny to complete. And I always was telling moms, you know, who come to me coaching, like, I don't want to get a nanny. I, you know, I feel like I'm missing out, um, you know, but they really have to go to work to support a roof over their head and keep food on the table. I always tell them the nanny is not there to replace you. The nanny is there so that you can go to work and not have to worry about your kids because your kids are safe, taken care of, and they're having fun. Most generally, they're having fun. You know, the first weeks of transition are always hard. I always tell parents transition and change is hard for anybody. Um, but the kids are usually benefiting from those childcare options and you get to go home, not worrying about work and get to focus on your kids and not have to worry, you know, in nanny situations, sometimes we're taking care of, you know, putting away the kids laundry, tidying up the playroom, not having to come home and worrying about those little tasks. Um, my thing when um, parents walk through the door was um, they'd be like, oh, I got to start dinner or I need to take care of this one last little errand or something. I say, oh, let me take care of it for you. You go sit with the kids. Because I knew a lot of these families, they weren't getting to have that one-on-one -on -one time. Um, you know, the kids were just getting, you know, it's dinner time. They're going to go to bed and it's the end of the day or the parents just coming home when it is bedtime. So just having those little moments and ensuring that they have those moments. That's what prided me in being a nanny. So were you living in, in, in most situations? I mean, you've actually said that some of them you were covering date night and stuff. So was, was the main... Would you say of those 15 years, most of it was you living in or you going there or the kids coming to you or how, how did it work? Everything was live out of a situation. I never did live in. For me, that wasn't a, a comfortable option for me. Plus, I was living, my parents lived in the same city that I was uh, working in. So for me, I could live at home, save money. Um, 
easy peasy on my end. Um, and I liked the freedom. Sometimes with a live-in nanny, the families feel like they can control the nanny and their ability to go out, especially now in the COVID situation, like, oh, you can't go out. That's not what those positions are for. Live-in nannies are for, you know, doctors, um, you know, our personnel, like fire, uh, police officers, um, ambulance drivers, those who have the very odd schedules where they may have to drop everything and need childcare right that instant. Um, my situation was always live out. I worked for a lot of police officers and military personnel and firefighters. So the schedule was always like a Tetris game. I was always working different families. Sometimes I would have two families um, because they were on the same patrol together. Um, mm. I always made it work. And then after I graduated from San Jose State, um, I really worked with special needs families. That was kind of my thing because my background was in physical therapy and kinesiology. So what better to have a nanny who can do childcare, but also implement the therapies that you're doing in PT or, you know, in ABA or whatever, and apply them to their daily life and continue those therapies. My gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So not only can the parent go out to work, but actually know that all bases are covered. Wow. So in in the UK, um, we get support for um, childcare, whether that's going out to a nursery or or having somebody working, supporting us. Um, but we don't get much. So there's a very big difference with affluence, you know, with with um, with families who can afford or that support nanny, and those yeah, who can't. Yeah. So how, how does it work in the States? Same exact way. So nannies are really the high end and the highest end of childcare um, that is privatized in your home childcare. Um, you know, you have all, uh, au pairs, which is, uh, you know, a form of that. Um, you have nannies, which are male nannies. Um, those are all within the high end childcare. And then you have daycare, in-home daycare situations. And then you have, you know, families and friends who are, you know, or, you know, you're switching off with another mom so that they have an afternoon to get their stuff on. There's a lot of different situations. Um, but the reality is, is that it, it's so challenging because now as a mom, I realize how, how privileged it is to be able to afford a nanny. Not everybody can afford a nanny. And it's the same here in the U.S. We don't get a lot of money or support for child care from those zero to five. Once they hit school, then we, we essentially kind of treat our teachers as daycare for, for <laughs> them. But, but really, especially here out in the Bay Area, a daycare or you know childcare is the equivalent of a mortgage payment. It's it's expensive. Um, so I've seen parents financially move things around so that they can afford my services because it outweighs that you know my services outweigh anything else that they've they've found. Um, and there's also you know I have had conversations with parents where I've had to tell them, look, you cannot hire a nanny on a daycare budget. End of story. Like you you can't. Um, that's not the way this works. So your only options are this and this. Right. Um, but I, I know that, that, you know, I, I know of, of women and I don't want to get into a whole gender stereotype here, but um, I do have um, at least two friends who are female and the breadwinners, but, but I knew, I know a vast majority of women who um go out to work and their salary pays for the childcare only, but they do it because they know for their own well-being, they need yep. to get out and continue their career or have a job. And that pandemic only intensified that. 
Um, because now you've got kids at home doing schoolwork. You have the whole house is being destroyed all day because the kids are home from school and are you're having to, God forbid you have multiple kids. You're running from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. And on top of that, you've got your boss now screaming at you that you need to be in this Zoom meeting. Um, the table, parent, moms just got overwhelmed to the point where, you know, is this worth my sanity to keep up working to pay for a... For a lot of them, daycare was closed for us. We didn't have, like, for a good four months, we had no daycares. You had to be an essential worker to get to enroll in daycare. So you took away an entire childcare option for a lot of people. And some moms just realized, okay, this isn't worth it for me. Um, this yeah. isn't worth my sanity. Um, but like you say, there's some moms where it was the breadwinner. They didn't have a choice. You know, they're having to turn around to their husband saying, hey, suck it up. You have to, you're, you now have to do what I've been doing um, and all power to them. Um, it's a discussion, you know, frankly, I have with my husband all the time. It's my time is just as valuable as yours. And um, I, my statement I always go to is, why is this my problem? Any, anybody can solve this problem. Why, why does this become my problem? Um, and so, like you say, the pandemic just kind of intensified that need. And some parents, you know, unfortunately, I had to have the sad conversations with some moms who were like, this is going to cost, you know, hiring a nanny going from daycare is going to cost way more than I make. So now the choice is I need to quit my job and take care of my kids because my kids need me to get through yeah. school. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough call. Um, something you said earlier that I really want to um, really want to ask you about is, is your transition as a career nanny to being a mum, you've already said that Marvel was a marvel and thank goodness yes. she's here and she's 18 months old, I think, isn't she? Yes. So, so tell me, tell me about that because I get a sense it wasn't straightforward for you. No. So I literally worked up until a month that she was born. So I, I mean, I had moms asking me like on the last day, well, why can't I book you through December? We're in, you know, September. And I'm like, I'm having a baby. I'm like looking down at my, my belly going, I'm having a baby, you guys. Like, um, and so the rule was, you know, don't bother me until the new year and everything. But I, I had my heart set up. I'm going back as a nanny. I had Marvel. Everyone kept telling me, you're a nanny. You have 15 years. You're a certified sleep consultant. And how many certifications? You're a newborn care specialist. Piece of cake. You got this. Uh, I struggled like every other parent out there. Um, I it, it was a complete, the first six months was a complete overanalyzation of everything I did in my career and realizing the right and wrong of how, you know, did I deal with this situation well? Oh my God, that was postpartum depression, and anxiety. And I had no idea for that mom. Um, and I think I told my husband, it was like the second or third weekend. I said, I looked at him and I said, I know why moms have postpartum depression, and anxiety. I could not in my head fathom going through birth, which we all know is a traumatic and, and, and just overwhelming experience to begin with to be, have this thing slapped on you and you're, you're now in charge of it, you know, and have no experience whatsoever. Like that thought, I now know 24 hours later to go home and say, okay, you know, if you prepare before, you know, okay, you've got a good ground. If you didn't prepare, well, you're going to figure it out real fast. Um, my, the only thing that I had that was great to have in our back pocket was when we hit a hurdle, it was faster to go over the hurdle because I had enough uh, education and training to go, okay, I know exactly what bottles we need to go to. I know what formula works well. Um, you know, I had the knowledge. I didn't have to go to Google. 
I didn't have to ask the Facebook board. It was, okay, let's try this, this, and this, and this. And if this doesn't work, then let me call one of my nanny friends or let me call one of the resources I know. And um, it was building the village. I had to build my own village. And how easy was that? Because, you know, so you you had your daughter and then you started, it sounds to me, there was, hmm, I don't know if this is right, but there was some self-criticism, self-judgment about how you saw yourself as a mum. And then there was some kind of self-judgment on how you manage some of the things in your in your career so you were actually looking back and going oh hold on a minute so there's a little there's another layer of stuff there it was an epiphany moment for me it was I remember the moment and I I, it was the four-month sleep regression I was crying in the tub to one of my nanny friends my kid wasn't sleeping now looking back she was in the middle of a sleep regression and getting two teeth how I survived that and how anyone could survive that. Everyone gets kudos for that, for just surviving. But at the time and in the moment, I felt like one, uh, a horrible mother that I can't get my kid to sleep. Um, And I also felt like a fraud, like, oh my God, I've told all these moms to do all these things and it doesn't work, you know, but it was an, an epiphany when I was talking to another nanny friend, she goes, you have to surrender. Everything you've learned is not gonna work. Like everything you've been told that works and we've been trained to do, it doesn't work. And you're going to start learning that you have to pick and choose from your trainings of what works to make it work for Marvel. And in the case of the sleep, you know, the sleep, sleep, uh, sleep regression here, it was, I was looking at the schedule wrong. I was so obsessed on one certain schedule and not realizing, holy crap, she's getting, you know, uh, sleep here and here and here. So that's accounting for why she's not sleeping in here. But really, at the end of the day, she's getting the right amount of sleep. So why am I complaining? Mm. Mm. So once again, calling moms and going, okay, well, why did you choose me? Like also that epiphany of like, you trusted me with your most precious being in the entire world. How did you choose me? And most of the moms restriction, you walked in, you were organized. My kid gravitated you. You spoke their language. It was a done deal. Nobody else did that when you walked in. Um, mm. So. It was, there was a lot of just kind of relooking my career and also kind of changing the way how I wanted to coach. Um, I intended to go back as a nanny and then the pandemic hit. Uh, Marvel broke my tailbone on delivery. So I was supposed to go back in January and then we realized, oh, tailbone's broke. So that's not going to happen. So we, I was scheduled to go back the Monday that the pandemic hit and everything shut down. And by that weekend, my inbox was through the roof of just parents going, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Can I hire a nanny? Can, how do I get into daycares? There was nobody to direct traffic at that point. And so my husband goes, well, I think you found out what you're going to be doing. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll open up the services because essentially I was already doing this to the parents I was already consult, you know, uh, working with the last 15 years. They were Anytime they had a question, I was the person they called text. Um, if they had a friend, they, I, I was the person they referred to. So I just got inundated and, and my husband looks at me, he goes, this is, you, this is what you were meant to do. You were, spent, you were meant to stay at home with Marvel and help these parents. And it was an eye-opening experience for us because you know um, my husband's used to the nanny life. I mean, we've been together 15 years. He's been with most of the nanny families that I roll with. And a lot of those families I work for are very, you know, they've got money. And it, it's once again, nannying is is a high-end childcare. Um, so to realize then, you know, I'm telling him we can't, you know, you can't 
afford it. That's not the budget to hire a nanny. And we're now re-looking at, oh my gosh, okay, well, the rate's gone up. Now we're in the same boat as every other parent. And there is no chapter in the pregnancy book. There is no book on childcare. There's how to hire a nanny. There's how to, you know, hire an au pair. There is no of here's your childcare options. Um, yeah. so, so that's... How would you describe the support that you're giving now? Because you can't be nannying all these people and and Marvel. So what, yes. what are you? What are you? Because you know, tell us, tell us what you're actually doing now to support those people. Are you an advisory? Yes. So go to point or yes. So a lot of parents they have you know a lot of people will say oh you go to an agency for a nanny. Well, yeah, you go to an agency to hire a nanny, but sometimes, or most of those times, those agencies, you know, hire at a fee. There's a special fee on top of hiring that nanny. And a lot of families can't afford that fee. So then they're turning to, you know, these websites and online services, care.com, Sitter City, all these other ones, right? And they don't know the process. They don't understand. And then they realize maybe in this search of care.com and Sitter City, okay, I can't afford a nanny. You know, that realizing there is nobody out there who's answering these parents' questions. And so I have kind of opened up my services where parents can come and ask me questions. I feel like there's no stupid questions. Um, You know, whether it's parenting, whether it's childcare, um, you know, I do sleep consulting, I do, you know, consults with parents who are first time parents, their babies are just, you know, a couple of weeks old, are we doing this right? Um, You know, sometimes I felt those first few months of being a mom, all I wanted was a pat on the back and for somebody to tell me, okay, you're, you're doing the right thing. Keep going, mama, keep going, dada, you're doing the right thing. Um, So that's kind of I want people to get out of my services and my meetings with at least a little bit of relief and some questions answered or a direction that they can go. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. And um, and I can see how helpful that would be if somebody just wanted to ask some questions. You know, so you're in the San Francisco Bay Area. You wanted to ask some questions without feeling that they're getting embroiled in agency fees and stuff yeah. like that. I get that. So when you were talking earlier and you said that um, we call it postnatal depression here. Oh. And uh, but you were saying I think you were saying that you really felt that you had had found yourself with that mental sickness Yes, I did. It was the anxiety of just once again, being a professional in this career and nothing's work. You know, I felt nothing was working, but in reality, everything was working fine. It was just my, it was my expectations of what I thought it was. And that's where that whole surrender comes from. Um, You know, we always, a lot of newborn care specialists are told, you know, um, babies pick up on vibes. And when you're anxious and oh, like, I got to finish this work and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And your mind's racing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm running two businesses while having a baby too, you know, on top of that, um, I was just an anxious mess and, you know, add the whole aspect of, you know, once again, feeling like I professionally, how can I professionally do this if, you know, I can't even do it with my own kid. And the reality is, is every kid is different. You have to do what's right for your own family. Um, It doesn't matter what your aunt is saying. It doesn't matter what grandma is saying. They're not the one living with you. I mean, unless they are the ones living with you, but you know what I'm trying to say? You are the one running your own household. And if certain things work for your family and they're safe, who cares what anybody else says? Um, I find a lot of moms, you know, uh, it takes a lot of cojones, as I say, to post in these Facebook mom groups, a question. 
um, you know, usually moms are at their last limit if they're posting to Facebook because nobody wants to post to Facebook their their issue and then get inundated with a bunch of information. Um, in some aspects, like asking preschools and daycare recommendations, please do that. I tell all parents, if you're looking for day, daycare and preschool recommendations, ask those groups. You will get the best recommendations and at least some good you know, places to start looking. But if you're asking for general advice, you want something that goes with your gut. Um, you know, in the situation, everyone kept telling me, just let her cry it out. That was the advice I was told. Let her cry it out. Let her cry. That was my trigger for my anxiety and my depression was listening to my daughter scream. I could listen to any of my nanny kids scream at the top of their lungs, bloody murder. It didn't matter. My kid biologically couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Um, and so for us, it was, no, my daughter is going to get contact naps. Um, we had, uh, we were in the middle of pandemic. We didn't have much, uh, outside help, but we had literally, it was just the two of us. We had the snoo, which I always say is a godsend, which I'm told I'm a horrible sleep consultant for saying, you know, oh, the snoo, you know, the device, it saved me. Um, I didn't have extra hands. It, it helps my daughter. Um, you know, when you're a nanny to a lot of kids from what's the snoo? The snoo. So it's this sleeping device that they can use from zero to five months and you can put them into it. It's a sleep sack and it rocks. Oh, and it's um, a lot of sleep consultants have an issue with it because they feel like it's strapping them down. I did so much research on this um, and I saw it work in so many other families that I had worked with. It was one of those things where um, I had put on my baby baby registry, not expecting to get it at all because it's very expensive. It's a luxury item. It's not necessary to have a newborn. It's a luxury item. But we were lucky enough to get one. And um, I always tell my husband, if the house had burned down during that time, all I care about is that damn snoo. Just save the <laughs> snoo. It's the only thing that was keeping our life. And, um, you know, that was kind of the sleep training that she kind of got. Um, I was a nanny. I mean, up in, a month until she was born, we moved um, two weeks before she was born into our new apartment and stuff like that. So my daughter was used to movement. She was not used to sitting down and uh, being born and then your mom having a broken tailbone and all mom wants to do is lay in bed uh-uh, was not cutting it for her. She wanted to be bounced. She wanted to be moved. She wanted to be rocked. So for us, the snoo was, you know, our option. And we had all of these different kind of tools that worked to help our family succeed um, during a pandemic alone, but just during those first few years um, or first year yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. I can really see that. I really wanted to um, ask you how you see, I think you've answered it really. You've re- you've talked really eloquently to this point, but about how you now see the need for childcare support with mums. But I'm also really interested in you talking about surrendering. And I'd love it if you had an example of when you knew that you, you surrendered in the moment? So uh, the example that I use that I tell a lot of moms, um, a lot of moms get fed up with the contact naps, you know, contact naps. I don't want, I need, I need a break. I'm I'm out touch. And yes, that's, that's totally normal. Uh, My example that I use that usually makes mom all just stop. I, the last week that Marvel contacted nap with me, I was so stressed out. I was just, I had so much work to do. I needed free hands. She was just, would not let me put her down. I was frustrated. 
And I remember sitting in the chair and I, I remember telling myself, oh my gosh, I just can't wait for this phase to be over. That was the last afternoon she ever took a contact nap on me. 18 months later, oh my goodness, how I wish I could have those moments back. Um, and if I had just surrendered to accept the moment, um, my heart probably would have felt a little better. And, and, and now it's that realization, you know, as with any parent, you know, when you have a kid, your priorities start to change. Priorities become a lot more clear and what matters most to you. And um, my husband this weekend had a moment with my daughter where he just, she decided to lay full on him while uh, watching cartoons. And he goes, look, look, honey, look. And I said, enjoy it. He's never yeah. going to be that little again. And he looks at me and he, it was almost like I could feel the tears welling in his eyes because he knew I was right. But yeah. as a nanny, I've always known that time, time is fleeting. You're never going to get these moments back. Um, parents think you're going to have 18 years with them. Um, the reality is they grow, they grow and they grow and they become independent and they have their own mouth. And then off they are being their own little person um, at 10, 11, 12. They don't need you. They don't want to cuddle. Um, and you're counting those moments of them holding your hand or giving you a hug or telling you that they love that they love you and that you're the most important person in their life. Um, so just surrender to these moments. You're not going to get them back. You're not going to get those, those first few minutes. Yeah. And yeah, it's a phase, but everything's a phase. It's, it's yes. just, it's a different kind of harder with each phase. Um, it's just mm -hmm. different. I love that. And, you know, I, I really love the message, uh, you know, of surrender to the moment, be, be in the moment, you know, and, and I love that. So that leads me on to ask you, you know, if you had, you know, a message for anybody out there who's uh, about to become a mum or or is already a mum and is struggling, whoever. Or maybe there are people out there who think they might know a new mum who might be struggling. You know, what would your message be to, to all of those people? Big question. <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, I just tell all the parents out there, they sit there and they think they are the only person. I'm the only thing going, you are not alone. I will tell you this a million times over. You are not alone. There are plenty of us swimming in this ocean of childcare. We all may have different boats, but we're all swimming on the same ocean. Um, we're all in the same boat. Okay. Um, we're all trying to do the same thing. Um, there are people you can reach out. Um, please, you know, ask questions, uh, find people who make you feel good as a parent. You know, the saying is it takes a village. What they don't, what nobody tells you is the village doesn't just arrive after the baby arrives. It's not an Amazon delivery. There isn't a number you call. You have to build that village. And that village is people you can trust people who will always have your back when you when you need help and you know you, you pick up the phone they're the person who's going to pick it up on the other line um people who make you feel good as a parent and people whose opinion and advice you trust um if you're scrolling through social media and somebody's making you feel like crap unfollow them if Absolutely. you are following uh, uh, doctors or you know experts quote unquote influence whatever and it doesn't sit well with you as a parent or a person get rid of it um, go with your gut um, because your gut is is your guide. There is no how-to manual. There is no super guru who knows all. It's it's a learning experience, and your child is the person who's going to teach you. I love that, and and isn't that true that we learn we learn the skills um, from our children? Um, and and I love what you just said. You know about about 
going with your gut and 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 not then form f- having some kind of overcritical analysis about why I I'm comparing myself to that person and it's not working. Yeah. Well, what a surprise. So I love that great tip. If you don't like what somebody's saying, just unfollow them. I love that. Shannon, it's been so brilliant talking to you. Um I just wondered if anybody wanted to talk to you. Okay, you know, so we have listeners actually around around the world but really mainly UK and I know that you're in the states but regardless um we're, we're in a world where anybody can reach anybody now can't they so if somebody wanted to check you out or or ask you a question how could they do that well I talk to nannies all over the world and I do consults all over the world so um feel free to reach out to me you don't have to be location specific to San Francisco Bay Area or whatnot um I my advice is always open to everyone. I'm currently offering free 30-minute consults to all um, new clients. We can chat about childcare, hiring a nanny. You won't, you need a pat on the back and want someone to at least acknowledge you're going in the right way or want some advice. Once again, there is no stupid questions. You have the right um, to ask questions and learn because knowledge is power. Um, I firmly believe that. But once again, my goal is for you to come out of these sessions feeling better about your situation and at least have a direction to go. Um, our family website is where you can book all of my uh, book everything and check out all my services because I do sleep consulting. Um, I help with baby registries. I do a lot of different stuff. So there's a lot of services on my website. Um, and that's at uh, the V-I-P-A-R-O-L-A-Z.com. Um, the VIP Parolas, basically. And we can also be found on all social media at the V-I-P-A-R-O-L-A-Z. Brilliant. It's been really, really great talking to you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Marie. You've been listening to Precarious Parenting by Realization Works. Subscribe to realizationworks.com to access more resources, including monthly blogs written to be shared with younger people.